Here in real estate, it, it is not only about selling. It is helping your client to get or have their dream house. When you have concern about your client's need, you know where and what to offer. That's the time the buyers give their full trust. And when they see the agent has interest and willing to help, surely the client will buy a property from you. What's up, Irene? All good, Ruth. How are you? I'm all good. I'm so excited. I'm always excited, you know? Again? Have you noticed that every time we have an episode, I'm excited. Every episode. Yeah. And we have to because every episode is different. It's unique. There's something yes. that we can get out of the conversation. So welcome, guys. And thank you for tuning in to Where the F. Am I heading? So, tell us what is our episode for today, Amy. Today, our episode is just like, well, not really similar to the previous episode. I think there's just a connection. Uh, Mm -hmm. Our guest is actually, she was my classmate in high school Uh for three years, I think. She is really this active person, smart. She loves math. Wow. From high school, she was really acing the algebra. And I was like on the going backwards, acing, <laughs> diving down. Oh, maybe that's the reason why you befriended her. So. Yeah, actually, that was the reason. She doesn't know, maybe, but that's why I sit next to her all the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, without further ado, why don't you introduce our guest for today? Our topic is about accountant and property consultant. Our guest is Lisa Escarpe. So, hello, Beth. Hi, Liza. Hi, good afternoon. Good afternoon and good day. So when I read your profile, it seems like we're, we're the same. We're not just comfortable or we're not sitting in one cubicle, but there are other things that we do and we hustle. And I'm really excited to talk to you about that. So can you let us know about yourself so we can know you more? Hi, good afternoon. I am Elizabeth Iscarpe. You can call me Liza. I graduated at Polytechnic University of the Philippines as Bachelor of Science in Accountancy. I am nine months pregnant now. I am a people person. I am passionate about my work. Also, I am a natural leader and energetic, of course. I really know this and I am a hardworking person and an honest person. That's nice to hear. You know what? Jessa also said last week that she's a people person. And I wonder how come Irene is one of your friends. Don't take it so personal. I was in a different world when I was in high school. They are all people person. Except okay. for me. Yeah, I wasn't. Yes. You also mentioned that you are pregnant. So congratulations. And thank you so much. Do you already have like a plan for the name of your baby? The name of my baby is Paris Oriel. Oriel meaning it's an angel. Angel is good. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're excited for you. And you said that your due is next week. So hopefully you will have a comfortable and safe delivery. So can you tell us what do you do for a living? Well, I work as full-time accountant at Ayala Makati City. Mm-hmm. I also work as part-time real estate agent or property consultant wherein I am a team leader now. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm managing my recently opened Korean food mart. Wow. Busy girl. Busy mama. Exactly. Yeah. was an expected mom. So, wow. I'm blown away. Although, of course, I do that the same thing. But, you know, hearing other women 
doing a lot of things while at the same time it never fails to blow my mind away because it's like it really shows how strong we are right so you're a full-time accountant you're a real estate agent and you have a, a korean store plus of course you know the other stuff that you do on a daily basis i want to know about the korean store what made you decide to have a korean store why sell korean goods the name of our store is Opa Snack Korean Food Mart. It is located at Arkasal Tagig, also known as FTI. Uh-huh. We are selling Korean goods and groceries. I choose to sell Korean goods because we all know that Korean products are very popular here in the Philippines. Uh-huh. And also, our society here in the Philippines is invaded by Korean culture and trends. I love that. And Korean dramas influence our foods, entertainments, musics, people views and preference. And also, most of our young generation here in the Philippines, even those in middle age, are loyal fans of Korean actors and actresses because of Korean dramas. That's why I choose to sell Korean products here in the Philippines. Yeah. And we love Korean products, isn't it? Yeah kimchi and surprisingly <laughs> it's not only the young generations because my mom is a k-drama fanatic she knows more opa than me like literally and it's a good thing that you were able to jump into that industry into that kind of business so i would assume that it's operating well i just want to ask you how do you manage it because if you have a full-time and you also have a part-time and you have part-time in, in real estate so how, how can you manage the store well like, i'm gonna tell you a secret my key here or my technique here is time management mm-hmm. we all know that time is very limited time is cold time is very precious first it's a matter of priorities you have to list down or take down notes your most priorities down to your least priorities Second one, I schedule and delegate my tasks. Third one is always take a break so you didn't burn out. Fourth one is avoid multitasking or don't multitask. Well, there are people who can multitask, but for me, like what I said before, delegate and schedule your tasks so you can focus at one task at a time. And also, last but not the least, is strategical thinking. When you manage your time, you allocated the right time in a right activity or task. I love that. Yeah, time. Time management is really important and I would agree 100% because if you would like to do a lot of things or not really like but if you're the kind of person who has a lot of on their plate you really have to manage your time properly and I want to add something to that our CEO in our company he said he doesn't believe in time management it should be focus management and personally I would say it would be better if you can combine time and focus management right so it's no longer a secret lies as you said earlier I'll share your secret so it's no longer a secret that's something that you do so we're sharing that to everyone of course time management have to use that accordingly. That's right. Let's move on into the real estate thing that you're doing. How did you become interested in real estate and how did you become an agent? As you mentioned, you finished as an accountant, right? I became interested in real estate because uh, you know you you know this Aileen. I really love interacting and talking <laughs> with each with other people. Yes. So why don't I try to enter real estate where I can do what I love while earning, right? Mm-hmm. Why not? Do you need to go training or certification to become a real estate agent? Or there's like a term that I've seen around like a certified real estate agent. What's the difference? Yeah, you have to go through a training 
which we call as BIPRETA, meaning Virtual Pre-Real Estate Training and Accreditation, you can attend seminars that will be handled by our brokers. Are they free or you have to uh, pay a certain amount? They are all free. Uh, what's the name of the broker? It's BD Domingo, Bonnie Domingo Realty and Construction Works. Uh, where is it located? It is located at BGC Taguig City. Oh, that's not far. As a real estate agent, what are the challenges that you've encountered so far? Well, as a real estate agent, the biggest challenge you will face here is the fear of rejection. Not all the clients will buy property from you. You're going to hear the the word no a lot, but just accept it, move to another prospect client. Just move on. So when you said that, uh, just move on if you can't uh, really sell. But if you really want to sell, what are the strategies you are using to actually sell? Well, the skills that you need as a real estate agent, first is the communication skills. Second one is teaching and mentoring skills adapting to new and different tools and technologies, marketing skills, personalization skills, and people skills, time management skills, and negotiation skills. But you know what? I always said this in my team that we can teach you the, ne- the necessary skills. You can learn it by yourself. You can explore it by yourself. But the most important when you are in real estate industry is your attitude. Yes, your attitude. Out of 100%, skills is just 30%. The rest of the 70% is your attitude. When you are in real estate, you're in interacting with, with different kind of people. You have to look or, or search for their soft side so you can gain their trust. And also, I always said this in my team that skills can be practiced, but the necessary part this here is the attitude. I agree. Yes, I agree. That's that's really right. Yeah. I agree hundred percent about the attitude. Actually with whatever you do, attitude would define the result of what kind of attitude, Ruth? Well of course the good attitude. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, but attitude is really important in everything you do. Because even if you know the technical side of things, you know how to do things, if your attitude is not there, you will not be getting the result that you are expecting. It's like you might be getting a mediocre result instead of being the best or achieving the goal that you want. That's right. I have a question though. Are you targeting end users or you're also reaching out to investors? Like those who would like to turn the property into a rental or whatnot, a resale? Yes, we are We are not only selling properties. We are not only selling houses and lot. We are also targeting investors who want to let their properties rent with other people. That's amazing. And where are the projects located? Is it in a specific area or do you have different projects? Well, we have different projects or properties. We have in Bulacan, Cavite, Laguna. We also have in Pampanga. We have new in Cebu, Cebu City also. What is the target market that you are catering? Do you have a specific? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Our target market, our target people here is mostly is the OFW because they are the one who are really buying properties here in the Philippines. Right. It's great to know that there are different projects plus of course the target market and that's true OFW. Surprisingly, because I'm also into real estate, my full-time work is based in Canada. I'm assisting real estate investors there. 
And surprisingly, when I'm looking into the local market in the Philippines, there's a lot of OFWs investing. So somehow, even if it's pandemic, people are still buying, right? Yes. So I want to know how can an OFW buy real estate if they are not in the Philippines? Well, we are accepting online reservation. We ask our OFW client to have a representative here in the Philippines. The representative can be their husband, their child, their mother or father, or their uh, first degree family. Mm -hmm. So there's really a way for them to invest even yes. if they are not here. Also, I want to ask, what are the strategies in real estate? If it's okay to, to share that with us. Well, first comment, you have to study, of course, the properties that you are selling. The floor area, how many bedrooms, how many toilet and baths. Is this a bird type of house? Um, the rules and regulations of the developer, and etc. And well, here in real estate, it, it is not only about selling. It is helping your client to get or have their dream house. When you have concern about your client's need, you know where and what to offer. That's the time the buyers give their full trust. And when they see the agent has interest and willing to help, aside from having an income or commission, surely the client will buy a property from you. I like what you said that trust should be established. It shouldn't be transactional because buying a house or buying a property, it's not just an overnight thing. It would be a long process and you will be working with your real estate agent for a long mm. time, right? And it's really important to know your real estate agent and to make sure that there's really trust in that relationship. It shouldn't be just a transactional, you know, just an overnight thing. There's actually a joke. I'm not sure he, here in the Philippines, but in Canada, they said that sometimes real estate transactions last longer than some of marriages. So hopefully that's not going to happen in the Philippines. If you're going to get married, please stay in the marriage. Anyhow, that's another topic. I want to know what's the what are the benefits of being a real estate agent? Well, the benefits of being a real estate agent, of course, you can earn extra income. Your contact network will expand. You gain access to more deals and, and your business knowledge will increase. And also you can earn high commission here in real estate. Right. Actually, that high commission, sometimes that's the reason why a lot of people mm. would like to be an agent. Yes. Right. But of course, that's not going to be enough. There should be something else like your why right your willingness mm -hmm. the money should just be a bonus but there should really be a good foundation why you're doing it because you are going to be the contact person of someone or, or not really a contact person but you will be the the centerpiece in order for a client yes. to reach their dream house right so money should not be the first thing mm -hmm. that comes in your mind but of course, it's a good thing, you know, knowing that you have an extra source of income, right? Also, you mentioned about expanding the network. It's really important to have good connections, quality network, you know, and, and really meeting a lot of people because you will be able to learn from everyone you cross paths with. Not necessarily that they'll be your client, but they may refer you to a potential client. So. That's why it's really good to have a growing network. And I just want to ask, 
one last question about the real estate part. What are the financial options when someone wants to buy? Like, do I have to pay it in cash or there are other different terms that I can look at so I can leverage my money? Well, we have three kinds of financing in real estate. First is the on-the-spot cash. Second one, we have the bank loan or bank financing or fag-ibig financing or bank loan. Third one, we have the in-house financing, which is we will pay the, the house and lot or property in a, in a very short of time, five years or ten years like mm-hmm. that. Is there any difference or is there a benefit for a client to pay in cash or what are the differences? Well, the difference between when you pay in on the spot cash, the developer will give you a, a discount, a 10% discount, a 5% discount. While when you are going to apply it in bank financing or in fag-ibig financing and in-house financing, there's an interest rate. Well, in bank, I think it's 5 to 7% interest monthly while in in-house financing it's 10 percent interest mm-hmm. yeah and because i own a house as well and i noticed that when you are paying monthly your payment is not necessarily going to the yes. principal right away this is just an example you're paying fifteen thousand a month a little part of that would go to the principal and then a big part of yes. that would go to the interest so I think if you have money or, you know, a good sum of money, might as well pay it in cash so you don't have to be burdened by the interest because it's really yes. high, yes. you know, and you have to wait for a few years. 30 years almost. Yeah, maximum for pag-ibig, right? Let me connect this to your full-time work because mm-hmm. you're an accountant. So is there a connection or how can you use your skills as an accountant to make it beneficial or to make it useful in the real estate field? Well, I connect the, that too in, well, I always convince my client or my buyer that if you have money, please pay it in, on the spot cash because as you can see, if you're going to compute the value of the house and that, if you will pay it in cash, it just, like for example, if you pay, pay it in cash, the amount of the properties is 1.3 million. But if, if you're going to apply it in bank financing or financing, if you're going to compute it, the value of the house or the, the property is default of the 1.3 million it's like 3 million 4 million like that if you're going to compute that uh the the principal and the interest yeah right i actually experienced that because <laughs> when i computed it's like why is the amount because i got my house like in 2012 and when i computed it's like 100 percent is the interest so it's really really high right but of course, you really have to manage your payment and manage your own money and able to not miss any months, right? And if you have, like, for example, in, in, in the middle of your payment years and you were able to save a good amount of money, might as well put that and tell the bank that if they can put it against the principal. So whenever they run the interest rate in the following year, they'll be able to adjust it, right? And because I'm not familiar yet about the financing here in the Philippines. Because in Canada, in the U.S., Australia, like the, the mature markets in real estate, they have mortgages. They are not banks. They, they are yes. like the lenders. So 
Do we have something like that here in the Philippines? Apart from pag-ibig, is there any private? Yes, we have. I know, Mumbai. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's. I think we can qualify that five six in the private lending part. Yeah. Because their interest is really high, but the mortgage companies. They're like in in Canada and US. I think they are called B lenders. Well, I think it's the bank. When you are buying a house or property here in the Philippines, you can apply it in bank financing, where you you're going to loan in bank. Also, we have in-house financing where you are going to pay the property that you buy in the developers. Yeah, I think that's the only two option aside from pag-ibig that you can use. Really, that you will not you know sell some of your kidney. and something like that <laughs> but that's that's the only thing i've seen so far because you know yeah, yeah I've, i've been researching about this and aside from you know lenders and maybe something like that but they don't really offer something for the house it's mainly for more on personal use yeah. like it's really not big amount of money that you can borrow from the private sectors yeah. i've actually come across loop i'm not sure if you've heard about that I don't have any connections with them or whatnot, but I've seen them because, as I understand, mortgage brokers—they mm. are not banks, of course; they are private companies. But they have relationship with the different banks. banks. Yeah. So, for example, I'm a client. I I I'm uh, I'll be buying a property. If I'm gonna go to a bank, let's say no, I, I'm not gonna say a bank. <laughs> okay. You can. Maybe they will sponsor us. No, because <laughs> no. my example might give us, you know, a different situation. But let's say I'm gonna go to Bank A, and I got the client, so I have to go to Bank B, okay? And I have to do all the works, okay? Unlike if I'll be reaching out to a mortgage broker, my mortgage broker will be the one orchestrating all those steps. Yeah, I think this fit best. For OFWs that can't be there physically, because I, I mean that's the struggle. I mean, a lot of them have money, but the problem here is they can't really trust their own relatives to actually process the papers yeah. for them because you know they can just do something that will actually mess the whole process. And I think it, like what you said, Nook, right? Nook, Nook.com. I'm just looking at it right now. Yeah. But I think this will work well. Yeah. For OFWs or someone who is busy, but then they have some funds to actually buy a property. Yeah, but of course you have to talk to your real estate agent as well, and if the developer accepts mm-hmm. that option, because there are developers who will not allow, you know, using another bank because they are affili- affiliated only with just one bank. So you really have to talk to your real estate agent, yeah. like Liza here, or I guess. So she will be able to guide you about the process and do your research as well. I think. I of mean, course. this is yeah. money, you know. Yeah. Also, I just wanna ask. So, if you are working full time, how do you manage? Like, where do you find time to offer the property? Like, if you're working full time. Well, I work as a full-time accountant, and our main office is in United States of America. That's why I work in, here in the Philippines night shift. I work from 10 p.m. to 7 a.m. So before I end my shift, that's morning, right? I post all the properties in Facebook, Instagram, in and in my website. 
and then when I post it and then I will sleep from 8am to 12pm and then after that I will entertain those clients then I will answer all their inquiries and from 12pm to to 3 3pm and then from 3pm to 5pm I will contact my siblings in the store what happened to the store how was it and then did we made the sales do I have to contact our warehouse like that just like Jessery is a family business yeah wow it's amazing how she walk us through her time <laughs> yeah. right and that's amazing because as we said earlier time management if you have this schedule and follow it diligently you will be able to accomplish a lot more in a day And I agree with you. If we're working at night, you have other things or you yes. can do a lot of things during the day. So we're nearing the closing part of the conversation. I want to know what are your tips in buying a house? Well, well, my tips in buying a house is first start saving early because I always suggest this in my client or my buyers that as much as possible, if you have money, you can pay it on the spot cash because to avoid a big big interest in bank or in in house financing and also you have to choose the the home or the house that you can afford only well some of our of my buyers can't afford on the spot cash so you will apply it in bank or pag-ibig or in in house financing you have to strengthen your credit and also choose a real estate agent corporately because there's a lot of scammer here in the Philippines. So that's it. It's actually true. I agree. That's the thing. I've, I've encountered this. Well, I don't want, really want to go through the real estate experience. Um, I should not even say it. But it's just really a lot of trying to sell you something that doesn't exist. So you have to check their background, you know, not just them checking you out. You have to check them out as well, the credibility of this agent. Yeah, because they may be saying that they are representing a company, a stable company. But when you check with the company, they are not affiliated. So it's really important that you do your background check, not only about the house, but of course, the person that you are talking to. Yeah, and if you're buying, it, like, a, sometimes you get, like, a second, segunda mano in, in Spanish. The Pasalu house. Yeah, Pasalu house, right? You have to check if this house is actually owned by a bank or things like that, you know, the tax and everything. Mm-hmm. You have to check that as well. Most of the time, that's the thing that people forget to check. And Another thing, I'm not a real estate agent, but I guess it's good to check if the area is flood area or something like yes. that, or in the fault line. Yes, Yes, of course. Those are the things that you have to consider. Also, how about the financial tips from a real estate agent's point of view? I know you've already mentioned to save early on, but is there any other tips you can share in the financial yes. side of it? Well, first is the most important. Start from death reduction plan. Second one, you have to create and always separate your personal and business budget. I have a strict personal budgeting. Well, my technique here is list down or take down notes all your expenses so you can monitor the in and out of your money, the cash flow of your money. Third one, you have to save for emergency plan and And also, uh, this is what I'm doing. Always look for extra income. Be creative to save money. Don't rely on single income. And also, always save for the future. I agree about saving 
or having an emergency fund because that's what the yeah. pandemic has taught us. We were like caught off guard. So if you don't have an extra money and suddenly you either lost your job or you were not paid during those times, it's really hard. So it's important to have, and if you are planning to buy a house, of course, it's important that apart from the portion that you're going to use to pay for the house, you have to have emergency fund. If you have it already, you have to start with that. But of course, again, if you are a breadwinner or someone who's really earning the money for the family, you yes, have to insure sure. yourself. That's important because what's the point of investing and saving for the future? And then if something happens, God forbid. You know, you get hospitalized or something happens to you. What will happen to your property? What will happen to your investment? You're going to sell it because you are unhealthy. You have to pay the hospitalization. Right. It would add stress to you and to your family. Yes. I have a question. With buying a property, what is better? Let's say you're on budget. To buy a new house or to buy the, the pasalo? You know, like you buy the second-hand house. I mean, because with a new house, like uh, with a developer, you still have to do some work, right? Well, actually, uh, when you say Paselo house, well, I always said to my buyer that we are, if you're going to get a Paselo house, always check if this is a bank or in pag-ibig loan. If it is in bank, we have to go in the bank. And then if it is in pag-ibig, you have to go in pag-ibig offices because, well, I don't suggest in Paselo house because... There are people that are still living in that house even they are not allowed to to live in that uh, property. And then it is hard for you to ask them to leave the house. It's a big problem. We don't have a law about like uh, the squatters. You can't do anything about that. Like can't you call a police or... Yeah, we don't have a law about that. And then you're going to get a headache. And stress, yeah. And you have to get the barangay. You know what? In Spain, it's actually a big problem. Here, the, the law they have is when you, let's say you're a foreigner, this mainly happened with foreigners though. Let's say a, a British couple would buy a house somewhere in Spain and then they are not in Spain in win- winter or they're away for a month or so. When they come back, there's a squatter inside the house. They change the lock. The owner cannot kick them out until the winter wow. ends. And you can call the police, whatever. The police will just look at you and says, it's the law. What can we do? Wait for them. They It's like they own the house for like six months or so before you can kick them out. Sometimes it takes really long time process to actually do. I think in Philippines, you can still scare them somehow, but in Spain or Italy, it's not. Yeah, or get a barangay, that's still fine. Get the barangay or the homeowners association officials to get in. Yeah, that will work. But in, in Spain, it doesn't work like that. You don't have any rights from your own house because they will change the lock and everything. That's actually sad. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I was shocked when the first time I heard about it because you know I was actually thinking of doing something about that before, but it's when when I heard that and then I travel a lot. It's not practical to have any. Or might as well get a better security system. Like it's still just. I mean, they're really good. I mean, that's like a full time. Like job. if you have a CCTV and all that, you can file a game. Yeah, but you're away. 
No, that's the thing. It's a law. So even oh. though you file a case, it, it takes like two years something Amazing. Like that to process because they have the rights. So yeah, something to know, <laughs> something to learn. Anyhow, we're still okay. We're in the Philippines. So hopefully our, you know, yeah. our, uh, the provisions and all that, the law would be able to make the homeowners feel safer, you know, and have more rights and all that. Anyway, we're almost done, but sorry, Liza, yes. it just came to my mind. How about Macedalo? Because I've just learned about this recently that if a home buyer can no longer pay for certain reasons like job loss or there's just no way he or she can pay the amortization anymore. And I read about Macedalo and it says there that if the buyer is paying for at least 24 months, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, he or she can apply for Maceda Law. Do you also share that with your buyers? Because I didn't, well, actually, I, I never had a chance to learn about that before because I'm not sure when it was passed. And I got my house like in 2012. So I'm not sure how the public knows about it. Well, we can avoid losing jobs so you can pay your um, monthly amortization or your the property that you are buying. Well, when you are in the middle of paying your down payment and then you, you lose your job, that's a big problem, right? Well, I suggest to my buyer that you have to look for second buyer. So they are the one to pay the down payment and the monthly amortization. They will just pay you a small amount, the amount that you paid before. And then you will going to have a agreement that they are the new buyer now. Mm, I see, I see. It's like they have to get a second buyer or the new buyer even before yes. they reach the point that they can no longer pay, right? Because if it's already like you're a few months behind and there's really no way that you can do so, the chances are if you get a second buyer, they might negotiate the price. And because yes. you can no longer pay, you will be accepting even if it's lower than what you were supposed to get. So, yes, I see. And normally how many months is or how many years is the down payment before the turnover? Well, most of our property that we are selling, normally it's two years or 24 months. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they can already move. That's nice. Yes. Okay. So what is your advice to people who want to become a real estate agent? My advice to people who want to become a real estate agent is first is attend a training or seminars to enhance your skills, to know more about the property that you are selling. Second one is that to learn the art of good communication. Selling a piece of property is very emotional to your buyer, whether the property is for business or for their home. You have to know or to search further south side, always make friends with your buyers like that. And also third one, be a good listener. Your buyer want to feel uh, that you are listening to their needs. And also, being a real estate agent, I always say that it is not about selling house. It is helping your client or your buyer to fulfill or to have or to get their dream house. And also, part one, maintain relationship. No, even if your clients get their dream house, you have to always ask, 
or chat them or message them. Hi, mom, sir, how are you now like that? And also, always take care of yourself. To be a real estate agent, you have to be healthy because when you are going to do a tripping, it's like full day process. You have to introduce or to let your buyer see the model house. You have to explain the rules and regulations of the developers. You have to explain the payment, what's the process, like that. So you have to be healthy. That's it. Thank you. Actually, it's good that you really have to listen, actively listen to the person you're talking to. Because a lot of people in sales, they are focused more on the products or the items that they are selling, that they would push it on your throat that, hey, you have to buy, buy. These are the benefits and all that. Instead of really actively listening to your customer or your client and be able to tailor fit your pitch or your you know the way you sell it because sometimes it's really difficult because I graduated with a major in marketing and sales but I never really fall in love with sales (laughs) so that's why I'm having a hard time doing that but anyhow in order to to make it work you really have and Lisa said it earlier as well you have to have a connection and good relationship with your client, right? Don't treat this as a transaction or just another sale or just another source of commission. It is a person that you are talking to. It is, you know, you you would be, you are talking to someone who's so excited putting his or her hard-earned money for the family or their family to live in that house. So it's really important to take care of that. And you mentioned about the tripping. How did you handle the tripping during pandemic? Well, we have a free ban from MOA to the property and then back and forth like that. I see. One last thing that I want to know. Do you have a specific person that you look up to or you follow, you know, as inspiration to be better in selling? Like, do you have someone? Yes, yes. My inspiration here is our CEO, Sir Bonnie. Sir Bonnie Domingo, the owner of our realty company, the owner of BD Domingo Realty. He came from nothing. And because of realty, he have your own realty company. He have your own apartment. He have a lot of, of business now. That's why... He is my inspiration. He always say to us that in reality, it's not about selling. It's about helping your client to fulfill or to get their dream house. Thank you so much, Liza. It's really fun learning something new today. Thank you. Especially for those who are eyeing to buy their, their first house. So, or if they want to become an agent. Yeah, or they can become an agent or how they can be able to hustle, you know, having a full-time job and and at the same time doing and earning from other sources. So thank you so much for gracing Mm -hmm. us today with your presence. Thank you, Liza. Thank you. Thank you so much. So that's it, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Where the F. Am I heading? Once again, this is Ruth. This is Irene. See you next week. Bye.